Thank you. All right. Let me get my Bible out. All right. As we begin looking at this holiday, Tishbaav and the three weeks, let's go ahead and uh, begin in prayer. Father God, we praise you today, Lord, for the word you have blessed us with, Lord. I pray that you would help us to um, witness your grace and your mercy, Lord, as we just seek your face. Help us to see you in, in this, hol- this, this holiday we're looking at today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Today, that Jewish community holiday, Tishbaav. Which means ninth of Av, which is a month in the Jewish calendar, um, which takes place uh, this year, Wednesday, July twenty sixth, at and Thursday, July twenty seventh, sun sunset. It always begins at sunset. Because the days in the Jewish calendar begin at sunset. It's, there was evening and there was morning of day one. And so they follow the same pattern. And so this is when the Jews all around the world are actually going to go into mourning for the destruction of the holy temple and the launch of what they call the still ongoing exile. Something, the temple being destroyed is something that Jesus told us was going to happen. That's what that passage in Mark 13 is about. Jesus says, as they're leaving this temple, says, they, they say, look, what massive stones, what magnitude, because they're caught in awe of how amazing this building is. And he says, this is going to be thrown down. Something that does happen in AD 70 when the Romans come in and destroy the temple. Now, the temple is an amazing structure. Uh, let's go to that picture of the temple right now, the, the first one. There you go. There's a model of the temple, an amazing stru- uh, structure that would have. Um, this is probably, this, this, this is a huge, that had been being built for years. We're not talking about, hey, it was, you know, we're talking about a massive undertaking. It was meant strong, beautiful, meant to last the ages. King Herod had it built the temple. Uh, he built it to get the kind of reactions that the disciples give in that Mark passage. What marvelous structure it is. Because King Herod, who had labeled himself the king of the Jews, had said, I want a temple to show how great I am. He says, look at what huge stones as they were taken and, and these, this huge building. And it's, they started, uh, they started the, the building of it in about B.C. 19 or 20. 
29. So it had been being built for 16, 17, 18 years by the time Jesus comes or was born. It takes a long time. And this sanctuary itself was completely rebuilt. I mean, this, this sanctuary, we rebuilt it in, what, two years? Uh, but um, the sanctuary itself, the middle part of it, was built within two years by trained priests that were, the part of their priestly job was to build the temple. Um, and it would have been under construction the entire time Jesus' ministry. When you think Jesus' ministry, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's the temple still under, under built, being built. This is a structure for the years. And so when he says it's going to be torn down in three days and not a stone is going to be left standing, and can you imagine what that's going through? <laughs> and it's going to be rebuilt in three days? <laughs> it's been built for a long time. You're going to rebuild it in three days? John um, 2.20. They replied, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? That's the kind of reaction Jesus said respond. 46 years we've been building this massive structure. Three days? So the temple was built now, the temple itself was built off the design of King Solomon, taken from the tabernacle, taken from Genesis chapters 1 through 3. It's kind of cool. Uh, can we go to the next picture of the temple? Thank you. Uh, this is the, uh, the temple as it is. Inside the temple, you would have different areas, like the outside like you have the main wall outside the temple, that's the part that's still the weeping wall. People go and mourn over this wall. That's the area they believe they're weeping at is the outside area. And so inside this, we have the Gentiles court. That's as far as the Gentiles can go. You, I, unless you were a Jew, you can't go any closer. Uh, women are required to go, can go uh, up to... Uh, there's a line there that, that women can go up to, and they can't go any closer. Only men of the Jewish faith, Jewish born, could go towards the altar. And only the high priest himself could go into the center of the sinners, into the area. And so this, this is um, a design that they had set up. And, and so this period, this, this, this giant structure is, is what their mourning is to be, built, is to be destroyed. And, and it was destroyed by the Romans, set fire. Now the period of three weeks... I say three weeks, um, the, it begins at the 17th of Tammuz, which is a fast day that marks the beginning of the day when the walls of Jerusalem were breached by the Romans in 80, 60, 9, 70. And it reached this climate and it concludes with a fast day of the 9th of Av. So we're in the three-week period. 
and when the and the date when both the holy temple were set aflame. This is considered the saddest day of the Jewish calendar. And those who mourn the destruction of Jerusalem see that its rebuilding will come at with the Messiah. Now, we as believers in Jesus, Jesus as the Messiah and the unique Messiah, know that The Messiah has already come, and the temple doesn't need to be rebuilt. See, there's something that happens when you think about the temple being torn, that temple veil being torn in two, and the temple being destroyed. Something happens that, that we often take for granted. Now, more than just the high priest can get to God. More than just men can get to God. More than, and then we see in Paul's, right, with Paul, more than just Jews can get to God. Now everyone can get to the Father. What a blessing that is. And so we know we don't need the temple. In fact, the temple has already been rebuilt. Why? 1 Corinthians, verse 6, 19 through 20, right? Let's put that up there. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You're already the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple. You replace this, this, this structure you replace the structure. The structure that was supposed that was meant that represented God living on earth. This is where God is worshipped. This is where God is, is, is proclaimed. This is where God forgives sin. This is where God ordains. This is where God is housed. This is where they turn for prayer. This is where they turn for you. Your body replaces all of that. Your body replaces all of that. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Your very body is the temple. No more court of Gentiles. No more court of the women. No more holy place. The tale is born in two because you, the Holy Spirit, lives within you. And what a blessing that is. What a blessing that is, but what a responsibility that is. Because now, not only are you responsible for you, your actions, your words, your thoughts, your reflect Christ, God, on earth. We all like the benefits. We don't like the responsibility. Isn't that been our motto? We like benefits, don't like responsibility. 
But with that blessing, God living in you, you have the Holy Spirit giving you authority and power and honor. You, with your attitude, with your thoughts, with your actions, with your speech, you represent God on earth. Let me ask you this question. How many of you feel like you live that out? How many of you feel like you live that out? How many of us need an a, a, a attitude check this morning? How many of us need an a action check this morning? How many of us need a tongue check this morning? If we're going to live according to we are the temple, then we must turn away from the flesh. And it isn't about, hey, don't get any tattoos. Don't get any... That's not what it's about. It's about you turning away from the flesh, those desires that lead you down the path of destruction, that lead to the destruction of the very temple of God. Turning away from that and walking that leads to life and flourishment of the temple of God and spreading the kingdom which grows the temple which grows the idea that God is you are the point that heaven and earth collide We are to be, to turn away from that flesh. John 10.10. You guys know this passage. Many of you do. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and may have life to its fullest. Notice what it doesn't say. That I have come, it doesn't say I have come life so you may have, live in eternity in heaven. It doesn't say I've come to give you life so you could choose between heaven or hell. It doesn't say, it says I've come to give you life so that you have life now to its fullest. It isn't just about where you go when you die. It's about how you're living now. It's about our life now. We are to honor God with our bodies from the way we eat to the way we have sex to the way we, uh, and we, we work, the way we talk. We are to have, honor God with that. The way we think. We are the temple. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We only do this if we follow the Spirit's prompting and not just any spirit. Because there's lots of spirit out there. There's a spirit of anger. There's a spirit of lust. There's a spirit of pornography. the spirit of pharmaceuticals. the spirit of, of Inya. the spirit of, of Baal. And the spirit of, of Mats. And, the, and then we can go on about spirits. It's not about following those spirits. He's talking about following the Holy Spirit's 
sent from the Father, that one who comes beside you. That's what it is, that, that paraclete, the one who walks beside you and is your advocate, your helper, your blesser, the one who guides you, directs you. We walk in the Spirit. And so Ephesians tells us, Ephesians 4 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every kind of form of malice. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. See, one thing I'm convinced that we need to work on more is showing each other the grace that we want from God. We all want grace. God, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins and taking away my... But we don't want to send anyone else any grace. We want to hoard it. We're grace hoarders. It's my grace. I'm not sharing no grace with you. You did me wrong because you're having a bad day. It doesn't matter you're having a bad day. That's my grace. And he says, I need you to forgive. I need you to show grace. Just as I have shown you grace. That means we take people as the fallen fall, uh, people they are. And say, I'm, hey, if someone's hurting you, someone's treating you bad, setting boundaries perfectly within the realm of God. God doesn't expect, if you are misbehaving and refuse to repent, which means to turn back away and go the other direction, God's going to let you go away. That's how that works. He's going to let you fall off the cliff. You're going to let you hurt yourself. He lets you, we're not talking about salvation or anything like that. We're talking about he's going to let you go the wrong way. We'll get into, are you once saved, always saved, all that stuff. We'll do that another day. That's not today. Right, what we're talking about is he's going to, if you go the wrong way, he's going to let you hurt yourself. And you'll probably hurt other people with you. And so he's going to let you walk away. So he, but he's also not going to, if you do that, he says, I'm going to let you, I'm also not going to show you the grace. I'm also not going to bless your life. I'm also going to not going to. And so setting boundaries, if someone's hurting you, you, you know, it's okay to set those boundaries. Say, no, you can't be in my life. But what is not okay is, you know, sometimes people, you know, we're having, a, someone's having a bad day. And we treat them like they're the worst person in the world. Someone's having a bad year. They're dealing with some stuff. They're in the valleys. And we treat them, we don't want to show them any grace. We, we like to hoard that grace. We like to hoard that grace. Nope, I'm not going to share you. You know what? I'm not going to, you know, you've got a rough attitude. You didn't used to be like this, but ever since you started dealing with your stuff and you started going to that counselor, you started acting because you're rebuilding all those problems and you have to tear them down and reopen old wounds. But I don't like you no more, so I'm going to hold that. But the Bible says we need to get rid of bitterness and anger and rage and brawling and slander and be, and more importantly, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving, showing grace. 
That doesn't give any excuse to do whatever you want. That's not what the Bible's saying. But it is saying that we need to pass on the blessing that God has given us. And that's something that we see all the way from the beginning of the scriptures. When God blesses, he accepts us to pass the blessing on. You are blessed so you can bless others. You are loved so you can love others. So I think as we think about our next steps, the first step we have to think about is, have I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior? I'm going to go ahead and put that down. Is Jesus my Lord and Savior? Have I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior? The next thing we have to think about is, is am I being the temple of God? Some of you are just going to church. That's where God lives in your life. He's there at the church. You're here. I'm glad you're here. But as soon as you leave this place, God stays here and you go out there. And you leave God in the temple where you've constructed of Him. He's at the church. And some of you, that's the way you were raised. You're like, well, I thought that's where God was. He was at church. And you know what? If you were raised that way, that is okay. But I'm, what I'm telling you is that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he's not at this building. He is in you. And that's why when two or three are gathered, he's also there because you are the temple. This is just the building we choose to gather in. God has blessed us with a building to gather in. And so we have to ask, am I being the temple am I putting away those fleshly desires am I living out that God is living in me and that comes with responsibility if God is going to be the holy God is going to be in me then I too need to be let's hear it holy you have to be holy And I know we all mess up. Thank God for His grace. That's not an excuse. We strive to be holy. We strive to be holy. Because He's going to grow you. And if you say, I'm still struggling with the same sin I was struggling with when I was 13, guess what? You're not striving to be better than you were when you were 13. It's something you should be working on. Not beating yourself up, relying on His grace and His mercy to remold you into something holy because He is holy and He is living in you. And that leads us to the last thing. If you are being remade through His grace, what do we need to be doing? Showing other their grace. And maybe that's where you're at in your next step. You need to show people more grace. Your attitude is hmm, hateful and anger. And because people, everyone else does wrong. You're not, you don't do wrong, everyone else does wrong. Or 
you do so wrong, you want everyone else to join you. It's usually one of the two. And your next step is say, no, I need to change my attitude because that's what I can really change. I can't change anyone else. I change myself. I can change my attitude. I can choose how I'm going to feel. Like I can recognize my feelings, but I can choose how I'm going to behave and change my attitude. And yes, it's hard. No one's saying it isn't. And you show grace to those around you. And you have to choose it. It's something you have to choose. God's not going to force you. He didn't force Jesus. You notice that? He didn't force Jesus. Jesus had the choice. He could have called down. He was tempted. He, if he didn't have the choice, he, it, wasn't a tem, it wouldn't have been a temptation. He could have called down angels to save him and to pull him off the cross. He chose. We have to choose it as well. So that's my challenge this week. I want you to go into your, your lives, do an assessment how am I the holy temple blessings and maybe things that need to be shaved off a little bit because I need to be the holy temple what have you done right what are you doing right let's focus on those first and you know what I notice if we focus on what we're doing right we tend to notice the things we're not doing that aren't lining up with right as well. So that's where your next steps are. Father God, I pray right now that you just bless us, you keep us, you wrap us in your arms, that you show us your love, that Lord, we would focus in on you. Lord, we want to be the temples that you have made us into. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be that temple. Lord, purify us. Touch us with that coal. Make us pure before you. Show us where we're doing well and where we're doing wrong. Help us to focus on the right, on life and walk the path of life. And in walking the path of life, help us to leave the path of destruction behind as we focus in on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to go to a time of invitation. Our praise team is going to come.